preferred walk-on PFF's college football show. I'm your host, Max Chadwick, alongside my co-host, Dalton Wasserman, producer Eli, back there in the studio. Uh, just kind of tease you guys a little bit. Producer Eli will be on the show later on, so make sure you stay tuned for the end for our trivia segment that we're finally getting back to, Dalton. But we have a really fun show today in that one of the best Parts about the college football offseason, in my opinion, is the transfer portal. Basically, college football free agency, and there's over a 1,000 players in the portal right now. We're going to go over, using PFF metrics, our top 10 players currently in the transfer portal. Of course, there might be more guys entering it soon that might join our top 10, but these are our top 10 guys that are currently in the portal, Dalton. And, you know, we were talking about before the show, there are so many guys that we could have had in this top 10 that we left out. It is a loaded, loaded portal class this year, man. Oh, this, I mean, it starts with there's a ton of quarterbacks, uh, big, big name quarterbacks who've played in huge games, especially this season. Ton of running backs that, that uh, I, I mean, there's at least five or six that, that I considered for my list. And, and somehow, somehow I actually didn't get any of them on there highlighting some different positions, but the running back classes loaded. That, that you got you got things to work with at every position. It was, this was really hard. I wrote down about 30 names starting out trying to figure out the top 10, and I'm still. I'm still a little shaky on that, that they're actually my top 10, but I, I got to go with it now. I already, I already <laughs> wrote it down and we already have the graphic for it. But man, there was a, of the 30, there was at least probably 18 or 19 that I consider. I was like, man, they could be in there. It's, it's a loaded, loaded class. There's some really good football players here. A lot of them, man. I, I have a top 25 article coming out for PFF.com pretty soon, and that was impossible to narrow down top 25, man. So really loaded transporter class. We'll get into our top 10s in just a second, but first, Dalton, we've got to talk about, you know, the best player in college football this year. The guy who ultimately won the Heisman Trophy. We got a little bit nervous when Michael Penix Jr. took home the Maxwell Award because of the last nine Heisman winners, only one of them didn't win the Maxwell Award. That was Kyler Murray in uh, 2018 when Tua Tagovailoa took home the Maxwell. So we were a little nervous when Penix won the Maxwell that he who will also take home the Heisman. But thankfully, our guy Jaden Daniels took home the Heisman Trophy. We have an interview with Jaden you can check out uh, on our channel as well. I actually talked to him about winning the Heisman potentially, and he said he it would be a dream come true. Well, a dream came true for Jaden Daniels. Dalton is a very, very well deserved dream come true for Jaden Daniels as well. Yeah, it's been a long road for him from Arizona State to LSU and all, all the progress he's made in his career. It's, and, and to become everything that, that scouts and recruiters thought he could become is incredible. And, and this was an incredible race coming down past the last game of Daniel's season. Honestly, really, there's still probably some thought that if Oregon had beaten Washington in the Pac-12 title game that Bo Nix would have won the award. But mm-hmm. uh, no, Daniels, I, I actually think Daniels, based on the numbers, deserved it regardless. He... It's a shame that their defense just couldn't hold it together in the big games. Um, and they lost to three of the top 11 teams in the country. So yeah. it's not like a ton of shame in their losses. You have one that should have been in the playoff, one that is in the playoff, and Ole Miss, who's an excellent football team, and that game went down to the wire. But, no, Daniels Daniels was absolutely incredible. And and, and when, you look at, when you look at his progress this year, we knew he was a great runner, and we knew – he could protect the football. He was elite at that. To add in the dimensions, the big play dimensions and, and what they did, they were really the best offense in the country, right? But still, he finished his career with the best turnover-worthy play rate in the Power 5 in PFF history. Wow. Okay. He has the best rushing grade by any Power 5 quarterback in PFF history. <laughs> then you add in the fact that he added all the big play to it, right? Doubled, nearly doubled his big-time throws 
um, total from last season, right? His deep passing grade of 99.1 max, the fourth best in PFF history, only behind Zach Wilson in 2020, who, despite what's happened since then with the Jets, he was fantastic in 2020. Mm -hmm. Joe Burrow in 2019, that's maybe the greatest year ever. And Mason Rudolph in 2015 with Oklahoma State when they were really rolling. Jane Daniels finished this year with the fourth best deep passing grade ever and still only seven turnover-worthy plays on the season. Just an incredible year. Like I said, he went from – I kind of earlier in the year had Jalen Hurts comps on him because of how safe he is with the football. He went from Jalen Hurts to Lamar Jackson and maybe even a combination of the two of them. And he's, you're starting to hear it now, this consideration of being a high, high first-round pick. This guy's potential, the ceiling, I, I don't know that there is one, to be honest with you. He's a big play machine, and if he continues to protect the football, I really don't know how you beat him. Uh, near to wide, man. And I love the Jalen Hurts comp, not because of maybe play style, but more because of just the career arc, honestly, because Jaden Day just mentioned it. At Arizona State, let's face it, he was a great runner always. He was a bad passer at Arizona State, really bad passer. Transfers to LSU. I was very skeptical of it. Then he becomes a much more conservative quarterback. Doesn't take shots down the field, but like you said, he takes care of the football. That's kind of what Jalen Hurts did. You know, at, from Alabama, wasn't a very good passer at all, but he's a great runner. Transfers to Oklahoma, all of a sudden becomes this great passer, second in Heisman voting. Uh, goes to the Eagles, second round pick, and now he's a perennial MVP candidate for the Eagles as well. Jaden Daniels, uh, in his second year at LSU, obviously comes a, a flamethrower, and now he's the Heisman Trophy winner for how good he's been taking care of the football, throwing the ball deep downfield, and being the best runner in college football at the quarterback position, man. So it is absolutely absurd, and I think you know that kind of Jalen Hurts career arc where he just continues to get better, I don't think he's done yet. I think once he gets to the NFL, he'll still get better, man. So I would take this guy in the first round for sure. I think he's the number three quarterback in the draft. Uh, I know Trevor Sikuma had him, I think, in the top 10 of his latest mock draft. I don't hate that at all either for how good he's been. And just sort of some numbers. You, you threw out some numbers already about PFF history. Uh, among the eight Heisman-winning quarterbacks that PFF's had uh, in our system since 2014, Jaden Daniels had the second-best grade out of all of them, only behind Joe Burrow, uh, who had a 94.9 grade, so 0.2 points more than Jaden Daniels. And everyone thinks Joe Burrow had the greatest season ever. According to our grading, it was 0.2 points better than Jaden Daniels. Jaden Daniels also had 5,061 total yards. That was third among those eight Heisman winning quarterbacks uh, since 2014, just before playoff or bowl games began. Only through that, obviously, because the Heisman was awarded before then. Only uh, Joe Burrow and Lamar Jackson had more total yards. And then total touchdowns, he had 50 total touchdowns. That was fifth among those Heisman winning quarterbacks since 2014. So, it's unreal, man, what this guy did this year, and I think he was clearly the Heisman Trophy favorite. And, I'm again, we don't root for teams on the show, but we were a little happy when Washington won because Bo Nix was the Heisman favorite going into the Pac-12 championship game. If they won that game, I think it stands to reason he would have remained the favorite and ultimately took home the trophy. But uh, I think justice was served, man. Jaden Daniels winning the Heisman Trophy. Again, check out our interview with him. He's a terrific guy. Uh, but, yeah, man, I, I'm really happy for him, and I'm dream come true for him as well. Some other quarterbacks, Dalton, that uh, might have their eyes on the Heisman Trophy are in our top 10 players in the transfer portal right now. So do you want to go over your top 10 players currently in the portal right now? Absolutely. Starting out, the obvious one, and now he's not in the portal because he's committed to Oregon, and is, is Dylan Gabriel. Yep. I mean, he's really the best player in this, in this portal cycle, and going to Oregon, just the best fit you could possibly 
have for for him schematically for Oregon filling in for Knicks. It keeps Oregon in national title contention to have Dylan Gabriel in there at quarterback, right? They still have a veteran team with a lot of guys that are going to come back. Uh, they got to figure out receiver Troy Franklin leaving, but Gabriel, it, it's too perfect to fit, especially the scheme, the system. It's really not much different than they run at Oklahoma. I, I think that's that's as good a fit as you could have, but he was the best player in this portal cycle. Number two, Princely Umian Mielin from the Florida Gators, one of the best, arguably the best pass rusher in the SEC this year, uh, had a spectacular year. If he came out in the draft, would likely be a top 50 pick. Yeah. Three, I've got Duke defensive tackle Aeneas Peebles, mm. one of the best pass rushers in the ACC, sixth best interior pass rusher in the country, fifth best pass rush win rate from defensive tackles in the country, visited Missouri this past Saturday, would be an absolute force on that team. That's exactly what they're missing. One of the best pass rushers in the ACC, if not if not the best from the interior. Unbelievable year he had. Unbelievable year the Duke defense had, despite the seven and five record. That's that's on their offense. Duke's defense mm-hmm. was an elite, elite unit. All right. Number four, I've got Cam Ward, hot name right now. Florida State looking at him. Ohio State looking at him. Ton of potential. They didn't block too well at Washington State, so some there was some games he was held back by his offensive line. Kind of, you know, it, it's in there. There's, there's, we've seen flashes from Cam Ward, especially early in the season. Go watch his Oregon State tape and tell me that guy's not dangerous. All right, mm-hmm. five. I've got Tyler Barron from Tennessee, the bookend of James Pierce Jr. Excellent, excellent pass rusher. Also, that may have been the best pass rushing tandem other than maybe Dallas Turner and Chris Braswell. Yeah. Tennessee had a dynamite, dynamite pass rush duo. And Tyler Barron, it was not just James Pierce Jr. Tyler Barron was nearly as good as he was. Six, I've got B.J. Green, mm-hmm. arguably other than maybe Scadabo, Arizona State's best player. Only five guys had a better pass rush grade off the edge in the, in the Pac-12 than this guy. Three of them went to UCLA. One of them's Jonah Ellis. One of them's Braylon Trice. So you, you've got a just an absolutely loaded pool in front of him. But he was he had the sixth best pass rush grade off the edge in the Pac-12. Fantastic player. Number seven. I'm going to James Madison. They're mm. losing everything. They lost their head coach to Indiana. They're losing just about everything. Their quarterback Jordan McLeod. They're losing all their D line. But the best player of all of them, Jalen Walker. Yep. Their linebacker. Max over the last two years. Only Ivan Pace Jr. in the entire country has graded higher than Jalen Walker. And nobody has a better coverage grade, not even Jack Campbell, who was drafted in the first round on his coverage abilities. This guy has, over the last two years, an 86-plus grade, Rundy, pass rush coverage. He's actually the highest-graded defensive player in the transfer portal right now. Whoever gets him, if he's going to Indiana with Kurt Signetti, we'll see. If he's going somewhere else, this dude's a stud at linebacker. Eight? Max, what if I told you the second best center in the country was in the transfer portal right now? Ethan Miner, on my next two guys, both from North Texas. This North Texas team is interesting. They were the highest scoring team in the country with a losing record. Okay. They went five and seven. Highest scoring team in the country with a losing record because their defense gave up the third most points in the country. So offensively, they're losing just about everybody. And the next two guys I have, you've got Ethan Miner, second best overall center in the country. The only one of two centers that was in the top five of run block and pass block. You already know who the other one is. Right? Jackson Powers Johnson. Yeah, of course. Jackson our guy. Powers our Johnson. JPJ, so dude. Our you, guy. You literally, you have Jackson Powers Johnson. 
Remington winner, and you have Ethan Miner. Yep. Then you have his quarterback I have at number nine, Chandler Rogers. Love it. Max, I was watching this dude's tape. Cannon alert. Mm. I'm telling you, ninth best passing grade in the country this season. If you take out – he wasn't the starter to begin because he transferred in from Louisiana Monroe. Take out like a rough like fill-in performance against Cal in week one. So since week two, sixth best passing grade in the country. Like behind like Daniels and Nix and Preston Stone, and that's pretty much about it. Like this guy – 60 to 65 yard rifle. I, I'm telling you, if you miss out on Cam Ward, take a look at Chandler Rogers. He, he he's a legit rocket armed pocket passer who's I mean easy slinging deep balls all over the place. I'm telling this these guys on this North Texas offense were talented, and Chandler Rogers at the center of it all. I, I, you if you want a vertical passer, you want to open things up in the passing game. Go get Chandler Rogers. I'm telling you, 90 passing grade this year, absolute cannon. And number 10, I wanted to highlight it for the fun of it. The Lou Groza Award winner, Graham Nicholson from <laughs> Miami, <on>. Ohio, <laughs> hit 25 straight field goals this year, tied an FBS record, is in the transfer portal. If, you, if you're a big-time team that needs a kicker, you think you kind of struggle at that spot a little bit, there's even some teams at the top who have had some kicker issues this year. Uh, this is as, He's as reliable as it gets. Didn't miss a kick until – the uh, the MAC title game mm-hmm. hit twenty five in a row, you know has a career long of fifty twos. Got a solid like as reliable as it gets. You know how close you know how close these games are at the top. I'm telling you right now, wouldn't shock me if he ended up with a big name team. Lou Groza Award winner. We had Josh Carty. The committee had Nicholson. It was very tight. I probably would put Nicholson second to be honest with you. Yeah, one of the best kickers in the country is in the portal, and I just wanted to highlight that. And and uh, you know according to the Lou Groza committee, uh, the best kicker in the country, is in the portal right now. So I think that'd be a big time ad for any of these teams at the top trying to win on the margins. I can't believe you put a kicker in the top ten. I respect I respect you putting uh, the Lou Groza award winner, but man, there's too many players for me to put a kicker in there. I do love Graham Nicholson though; he is a superstar, so uh, I respect that. Our, our actually list differs a lot, but not at the top, man. Because number one is Dylan Gabriel from uh, Oklahoma. Obviously, going to Oregon, I think he's the only one in our entire top tens for both of us that is actually committed to a school already. Uh, he has a 91.4 grade this year. That was fourth among all quarterbacks in the country. He was absolutely stellar this year. Uh, also, the fifth best passer rating in the country. The only quarterbacks with a better grade than, than Dylan Gabriel this year were Jaden Daniels, Bo Nix, and Carson Beck. That's it. Those are the only three quarterbacks that had a better grade. Now, uh, the thing with Dylan Gabriel is that I think he fits in a very specific type of offense, an air raid type of offense. So, you know, if you're a guy, if you're a team like Ohio State maybe or someone else that doesn't really run that kind of offense, they might look at it maybe Cam Ward where you want more, you know, rushing ability or anything like that. I I think Dylan Gabriel, though, if you have that type of offense, he's the guy that I would want the most. And I think... I, I think it, it, at Oregon, where Bo Nix kind of ran that point guard type role in that offense, I think it's, that fits Dylan Gabriel perfectly to a T, man. So I think this would be a great fit, and I think he's honestly going to be one of the top Heisman contenders next year because I think it's a perfect fit for him. they got some good receivers uh, on that team that should be coming back as well. I, I think it's going to be a great fit. So Dylan Gabriel, number one, going to Oregon. Love, love, love that fit. Number two, same as you, Prince Lee Umanmielin from Florida. He had the fifth best pass rush win rate this year this year ninth best pressure rate this year there is rumors uh that his little brother prince will i believe his name is is at nebraska 
Maybe Prince Lee wants to go to Nebraska as well with his little brother. I've heard Georgia is a school that to keep an eye on for him as well. Uh, either way, whatever you think, man, he's going to be one of the top players in the transfer portal and, and one of the top guys that everyone wants right now pretty much in the transfer portal, the top defender. Number three for me, Cam Ward from Washington State. He's still kind of looking at the NFL draft right now, apparently. So there's a chance he might not even be in the portal or go to a different team. But, you know, he had a really, really good season this year. He had ninth best adjusted completion rate, 80-plus grade as well, 23 big-time throws. That was the third most in the Pac-12. He's got a high, high ceiling, but also, you know, kind of a low floor. He's kind of still figuring it out. Um, very high variance player, a guy who you know puts the ball in harm's way a lot, but also makes some unbelievable plays as well. We have an interview with Cam Ward if you want to check it out on the channel. Uh, terrific, terrific kid. Uh, keep an eye on him because I think he's going to be going maybe to the NFL, maybe to Ohio State, maybe to Florida State. Who knows with Cam Moore, uh, Cameron Ward. But next up for me is number four, a guy that you didn't have in your top ten, but I love this guy's potential, is Dante Moore from UCLA, another quarterback. Uh, the number three overall recruit. In the 2023 class, only a true freshman this past year, 6.4% big-time throw rate. That was fourth in the Pac-12 as well. Like I said, he was the number two quarterback in the class behind Arch Manning. I, he, listen, he had an unreal start to the season, really tapered off, then got benched. He's a true freshman. Like, I, Give this kid some time. I think he could still be maybe a potential number one overall pick in 2026 when he eventually declares, or 2027 maybe either. So you get two years of Dante Moore if he goes to your school. So I think that's a very, very valuable thing. I've heard Michigan State is a school to keep an eye on for him. I've heard Miami is a school to keep an eye on for him. I've heard he, there's even a chance he might go back to Oregon and sit behind Dylan Gabriel for a year. Uh, he was originally committed to Oregon, then he flipped to UCLA. Maybe he does that. Maybe he goes to Michigan, I've heard, because he's from the Michigan area. He's from Detroit, Michigan. Maybe he sits behind J.J. McCarthy for a year as well. So uh, Dante Moore, I think, is a very, very valuable piece, especially because you're getting two years of Dante Moore, which is very valuable as well. Next up for me is Walter Nolan. Speaking of guys who are highly rated recruits, Walter Nolan was the number one recruit in the 2022 class, ahead of Travis Hunter, actually. So 9.9% pass rush win rate last this past season, which was fourth in the SEC D tackles, seven sacks, which was second among SEC D tackles, also had the third most tackles for loss or no gain among SEC D tackles as well. I think this guy has a very high ceiling. Obviously, he was a number one recruit in the country coming out of high school. Uh, and I think wherever he goes, he could be a superstar. And Oregon has kind of been the uh, the favorite for him so far. So Oregon getting Walter Nolan with Dylan Gabriel, that would be a heck of a transfer portal class uh, for Dan Lanning. Number six, another guy that you had in your top ten, Dalton, Tyler Barron. I mean, he was unreal this year. I think one of the most unsung heroes in the SEC. Obviously, James Pierce Jr., who we love, was a superstar, but they had another really good edge alongside him, man, and Tyler Barron. Uh, 41 pressures this past season, tied for fifth in the SEC, 17% pressure rate, also fifth among SEC edge defenders. Also tied for fifth with 12 tackles for loss or no gain among power five edge defenders as well. So really well-rounded player, Tyler Barron. I think he's kind of an underrated player right now. B.J. Green uh, at number seven, another guy you had, the Arizona State edge defender. 56 pressures this past season, which was sixth in the Power Five. He had a 14.8% pressure rate, seventh among Pac-12 edges. And then also last year, on a little bit less sample size, but still enough to be considered, 
22.4% pressure rate, which led the nation last year. Even above guys like Braylon Trice, Will Anderson Jr., whoever, uh, he still had the best uh, pressure rate in the country last year. So B.J. Green, another really great pass rusher. I think it would be a really valuable piece for uh, any other school. Andrew Makuba, I have here at number eight, the cornerback slash safety from Clemson. Uh, he only allowed .42 yards per cover snap. That was third among Power 5 corners. Last year, he was not good. He had a 50.2 grade, but he also played through injuries that pretty much nobody else would play through. He had a dislocated elbow that he was going through the entire season, sprained MCL as well, among other injuries during his sophomore year at Clemson. So he really struggled last year, don't get me wrong, but I think a lot of that was due to injuries. You saw this year he played a lot slot corner, was really good there, and also his true freshman year he had a 77 grade as well, playing the kind of hybrid free safety slot corner type role. Uh, He's a versatile chess piece, man, and a guy that a lot of people had as a first-round pick entering the season, and I think he could still be a very valuable piece for whoever he goes to in the transfer portal. I know I've seen uh, Texas as kind of the heavy favorite for him right now. Ole Miss is kind of up there too, but, man, if he goes to Texas, that'd be a great, great get for them. And then number nine for me, a guy that we also interviewed, Raheem Sanders, Rocket Sanders, the running back from Arkansas, he had a knee injury that he battled through all year, kind of limited his effectiveness, only had 209 yards on 62 attempts. But entering the season, he was my number three running back in the country. Last year, he had 1,400 yards, sixth most in the Power Five, 16 carries that went for 20-plus yards, second most in the Power Five. So the second most runs of 20-plus yards, he's a very fast back, and he's 237 pounds too. Big back, but also can hit the home run. I mean, I think Raheem Sanders, uh, I know he visited South Carolina. Wherever he goes, man, I, I still think it's a really good running back. And then finally, rounding out my top 10 is a linebacker, but not the one you had, Dolan. Jay Sean Barham from Maryland. Uh, he kind of struggled a little bit this year in his sophomore year. 66.9 grade, 47.1 coverage grade. But the year before, as a true freshman, he had a 78.5 grade and an 83.1 coverage grade. And in his true freshman year, he was the seventh most valuable linebacker in the nation, according to our wins above average metric. So I think Jayshon Barham still has really, really awesome potential, only heading, heading into his true junior season. Uh, I, I think this is a guy that, you know, I think Michigan is, is taking him in on the visit right now. They might be losing a couple of linebackers, Michael Barrett, Junior Colson. Uh, I, I think Jayshon Barham could be a really, really good replacement for him, but I, I think he's a guy that not a lot of people are talking about right now, but I, I still have, think he has a lot of potential uh, as a linebacker in the transfer portal. Yeah, I agree. I think the two things the two things for me that stick out in your top ten. One is Dante Moore, and, and it's definitely the potential yeah. angle. We've seen it. I actually I, I don't you know, when I watched it earlier in the year, I don't think he was the best fit for Chip Kelly's offense. And yeah, I know right. a lot of times you recruit talent. And I've been trying to figure out like what what would it be? I, I think your mention there of Michigan would be so I would be perfect. Yeah. I really do. I think he's he's really a pro style passer. I think he could play under center. True pocket passer, deep ball, play action. I, I, I've i been racking my head over this one for a while. Like, where would he fit in? I, I actually think Michigan would be a really nice fit. He's got a, an even better arm than J.J. McCarthy. I don't know that he's as mobile as J.J., but I think exactly what Harbaugh would be looking for in that offense in play action and deep shots, that's that's Dante Moore. Dude's is saying he's got an absolute hose. Uh, just uh, he could throw the ball as far as can be. And I think if you give him time in the pocket, you know Michigan's always got good offensive lines, big-time run games, big-time play action. 
that might actually be the perfect fit for him there. The other one that sticks out to me is Sanders, Raheem Sanders. Yeah. Um, and I think he's kind of a forgotten man this year because I believe he only played six games. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the sheer depth, the, the number of awesome running backs that are in, I didn't even think about Raheem Sanders till I saw your list. The number of awesome running backs in the portal right now, Sanders, Tawi Walker, yep. Trevor Etienne, Donald Cheney from Miami, Treshawn Ward, mm-hmm. I, and a, several, a Marcus Major, several others that I can't even bring up off the top of my head. There was so, so many running backs, and Sanders is another one, just an animal at Arkansas, too. I, I, I'd be curious to see where all these guys, I'm real curious to see where Etienne goes, too. Because that that dude's, I mean, you already know his brother was loaded with talent. He's just, they're a little bit different style, but man, oh man, I can't wait to see where all these backs go. The ETN, I don't know if you saw, but there's rumors that he's really looking at Georgia right now, Trevor ETN. Oh, it's a perfect, it's a perfect fit. I would, it would be, I know any running back is a perfect fit for Georgia, but him especially, he's a little bit different than Travis. Travis was kind of like a, spread offense like space runner even Mm -hmm. now like much better on the edges kind of more of the dual threat say sort of alvin Kamara. trevor Etienne's like an old school like classic back and if you if you threw him in could you imagine him running georgia running all that toss sweep getting behind those big pullers with trevor Etienne? i I, that's such a perfect fit for him if he went there good good for him because i don't think there's a better fit in the country for a back like that. I mean, he's. I think he's a lot like Dejon Edwards, to be honest with you. I think it's a very similar dynamic. Yeah, and then uh, Raheem Sanders, like, like I said, visited South Carolina. Another guy, Dalton, I remember you brought this guy up earlier in the year. I don't know if you saw the end of the portal. Jaquavius Marks, the Mississippi State back, is in the portal now. Yep, yep, that was, that was one I forgot. That's another one. Him too. Yep, another really solid back who was just on an offense that was struggling, man. Yeah. I mean, like I said, and, and we'll we'll get more on this in future episodes, but there – there was a ton of guys. He was a guy. He was another one I had written down actually here. Just the number of backs, the number of quarterbacks, and then just I mean, there's a lot of talented defensive players too. There yeah. was some guys that I looked at. I even I even think about a guy um, like Simeon Barrow from Michigan State, yep. three year starter there. Excellent defense. You want you want just a rock solid two way defensive tackle. That's your guy. I mean, there's so many so many players at quarterback, at running back, and on the defensive side. Man, oh man, uh, there's there's going to be some talent flying around, and and I think we got to prepare ourselves. It's going to be like this every year. I mean, hell, the, the best kicker in the country is in the portal too. I mean, yeah. just talent flying around all over the place, and and like you said, five star talent, guys who've produced for several years, Heisman candidates like Gabriel, and you know if Cam Ward gets in the right situation, or even even some of these backs, man. I mean, Trevor Etienne at Georgia might put up fifteen, sixteen hundred yards, honestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I uh, just so real quick, I just saw this too. But Simeon Barrow actually withdrew. Uh, so oh, my think, apologies. He was no, he yeah, was in I, our. I just want to get through that before yeah, Michigan true. State people kind of freak out. Yeah, he was he was in our database. I don't know if that was updated because I know he withdrew uh, when he did that. But yeah, man, it is really loaded. Is there a uh, position that you think maybe is lacking a little bit in the portal right now? I know kind of the offensive tackle class. I was kind of. You know, didn't love. There, there are a couple guys I like there, like Bless Harris from Florida State. I think he's a solid player. Uh, Chase, Chase Pisantis is a guy that everyone's kind of freaking out over, the A&M tackle, who's a true freshman this year. He struggled this year, but also he's a really highly rated recruit. But uh, is there any position that you're kind of looking at, like, ah, you know, that's, that's not really a strong position right now? Um, I, I think, actually, I don't think there's a ton of elite pass catchers. I think there's some good ones. I, I had a hard time. It, it kind of hurt me a little to leave Colin Lacey from South Alabama out at receiver. Um 
Chris Brazell from Tulane. Josh Kelly could follow Cam Ward somewhere from Washington State, but I don't think there's a ton of elite pass catchers. Um, tight end, uh, t- the tight end position, honestly, was probably the only one where I really didn't write anybody down. Mm-hmm. Um, I just not any elite football players that I put in a top ten of a list like this. But um, to me, offensively, it leans heavily towards the quarterbacks and the running backs. Yeah, um, not a ton of pass catchers, not a ton of offensive linemen. The best one might be Fernando Carmona from San Jose State. He was the eighth highest graded tackle in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, the rest of the offensive pieces to me, offensive line, wide receiver, tight end, worth much thinner. Obviously, we've had a ton of big-name quarterbacks, um, and we'll probably get to all those at some point. And I, I think this running back class is loaded. If you're looking – if you're lacking at the running back position, just get in the portal and take any one – I mean, there's, yeah. there's big-time players left and right. But I think the rest of the offensive positions – it's a little thin. There's not a ton of elite talent. Yeah, like Juice Wells, I know a lot of people love from South Carolina. Uh, Donovan McCauley is a guy I really like, the wide receiver from Indiana. But, yeah, I agree with you. Kind of the the pass catchers. I will shout out one guy, one tight end that I love. Uh, Jalen Conyers from Arizona State. He actually committed to Texas Tech, so he's out of the portal already. He's He's got his school. Uh, he was one of the best tight end. I, I had him as a top 10 tight end entering the season. Obviously, the whole Arizona State thing didn't go well for anyone this year, uh, but he's a really good player after the catch, man, and I think that was a huge get by Texas Tech to get Jalen Conyers. So, um, yeah, I wanted to shout him out there. So before we move on, Dolan, is there anyone that you want to shout out that just missed your top 10 but you still think is a really, really valuable piece that's in the portal right now? Wow. Um, wow, considering all the names I have in front of me. I, I think this, too. I think Colin Lacey is the big receiver to watch. Yeah. Had a huge season for South Alabama. And, and I, honestly, I, and I've been on this in the regular season, too, I, I don't know why Kyle McCord left Ohio State, but I think that's a valuable piece, man. If you've got good pass protection, he was one of the best quarterbacks in the country in a clean pocket. And even against Michigan, he showed that. I, I don't know what happened there with Kyle McCord. But I know that he's been looking at places like Nebraska and Michigan State elsewhere in the Big Ten. I I think whoever gets Kyle McCord gets a really underrated player. And I know he threw the pick at the end of the game, and we even said, look, if he's pressured, yeah, he's a pocket quarterback. But Mm -hmm. I I don't think – and he's also got now a ton of big game experience, won at Notre Dame, played at Michigan. Um, I I think Kyle McCord's a really valuable guy to have. Like if he were to end up at Nebraska – Considering their quarterback, I believe they finished the year with the worst passing grade in the country. If they go from worst passing grade in the country to Kyle McCord, they could be doing a lot worse. I yeah. mean, Matt Rule, I think that would be a big get for Matt Rule if he does pull that off. Um, I, I, I just, you know, I'm not going to sit here and like totally blame Kyle McCord for them losing to Michigan. Absolutely not. I mean, you get him under pressure, he makes some bad decisions, but that's that's a lot of guys, man. And we saw Caleb Williams do that a ton this year. So I, I think McCord is a guy. I know Ward's getting a lot of talk. Riley Leonard's obviously gotten a lot of talk. Uh, I, I think there's other good, but Kyle McCord is a guy who stands out to me. For the year he had, all the pressure he was under, and still to go 11-1 and one and come within 35 yards of beating Michigan, I think that's a valuable piece. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the guys that just missed out on my list, and you guys could find at pff.com pretty soon my top 25 uh trevor etm was number 11 for me dj uingale i had it right there at number 12 i think he's a really really underrated quarterback i know everyone kind of wrote him off after the clemson saga but even his last clemson year i thought he was pretty solid uh really solid this year for oregon state and he's apparently like making a maybe might be moving back to the acc dolan but it seems to be down between florida state and louisville but louisville already got tyler shaw 
the uh, the quarterback from Texas Tech to go there. So maybe they might be done, honestly, in the portal. So it might be Florida State. You know, they might wait and see what Cam Ward does first before they decide to take DJ in. But that might be the guy for them after uh, after Jordan Travis is done. I'm a little surprised that we haven't heard more noise about him with Michigan State following Jonathan Smith. That's what I thought too. That, yeah. that would, and I honestly think I think in like cold weather, Michigan State trying to run the ball, and I, I would think maybe Jonathan Smith would want somebody familiar. I know he's looking at McCord, he's looking at a few other guys, but I, I, I'm a little surprised we haven't heard any noise about that. I know the Florida State spot maybe is the most coveted spot, mm-hmm. even though they're going to lose those two receivers and maybe Jaheim Bell, but yeah. But I, I would think I, I'm always curious when these things come up with coaches moving, right? Like like all those James Madison kids, right? Like would they follow Signetti to Indiana? Or how many how many guys from Duke? Like I think about Aeneas Peoples and he just visited Missouri. Could he just follow Elko to AM? Yeah. You know, I, I always wonder about that dynamic of who's who's gonna just follow the coach that's heading out, because that's why they're all transferring anyway. You know, I don't think Jordan McLeod, a quarterback, would start at AM. He'll go somewhere else. But some of these guys, especially on defense for them, or, you know, so I, I, I was a little surprised with Uyagalale that we haven't heard, oh, Jonathan Smith's trying to reel him in with them. Yeah. So was I, honestly, because I think they need a quarterback for sure. And I don't, I don't know what, I mean, Dante Moore, maybe they can get, but I don't know, man. It's really interesting. So and they, we, and they, they don't have one. Caden Hauser is in the portal, too, I believe. And they just lost one. Uh, one of them just transferred out today, I think, one of their backup quarterbacks. So, yeah, it's like it's it's interesting what's going on right now uh, at Michigan State and who they're going to ultimately get in the transfer portal. So it'd be interesting to see what happens. But uh, yeah, so on Wednesday we're actually going to be playing a little matchmaker. We're going to try to match up a lot of these top guys with schools that we think they would fit with and also kind of tell you guys the rumors with them as well. So like where they're looking at and where they're visiting and what schools are kind of the favorites to get all these top guys. So we're going to do that on Wednesday. So it'll be a very, very fun episode on Wednesday. Um, So this is just kind of our look at like what we think the top guys in the transfer portal are right now. want to remind you guys, too, uh, before we get to our trivia, to please uh, find our audio channels and leave reviews there, leave five-star reviews, leave questions there. We'll get to your trivia questions, or get to your mailbag questions, excuse me, uh, and get your questions and your takes in as well. Uh, So make sure you guys do that. And then, of course, please, uh, we have our bowl game mania that we have as well. So if you guys want to join Dalton and I in picking every single bowl game, uh, you could do that. And the winner of our Bowl Game Mania group will get a free subscription to PFF for an entire year. So it doesn't cost anything for you to join. And it's, all you got to do is just spend 10 minutes picking out every bowl game. And then if you win, you get a free PFF sub for a year, which is very valuable, honestly. So uh, make sure you guys join that. The, the link will be in the description uh, to join that on ESPN. But, yeah, it should be a lot of fun for Bowl Game Mania, which bowl games start this weekend. So make sure you get those picks in before the bowl games start this Saturday. All right, Dawn, before we leave, we got to get back to something that we haven't done in a few weeks, and I missed it. Uh, it's our trivia. And not only are we getting trivia back, Dalton, we have producer Eli on the mic with us this time. It's not just us reading his graphics that he makes perfectly. It's Eli actually reading out the questions and options to us. So want to welcome in producer Eli right now for the first question. Thank you, Max. And uh, I'm excited. It should be a good one. These are some good questions that got Sultan by Sulf. So mm. first, got to give him a shout out. And so we'll just get things underway. So the first question, we have Washington, Oregon, and this team are the only three FBS teams with 100-plus catches gaining 15-plus yards in the regular season. The options are A, SMU, B, Texas, C, Washington State, 
and D LSU. LSU. I'm going LSU. I'm, go, I'm going LSU. I'm going to. I'm going to take the other one that sticks out to me is SMU, but I'm going to go SMU LSU. Too. Yeah. All right. We're both going LSU here. That was very quick. Daniels. And the answer is C. Washington State. Wow. Ooh, Look at Cam wow. Ward, man. Maybe Cam, Cam Ward. Ward. Go, man, they went with the maybe portal theme bump. is what they did to us. Yeah, maybe, maybe he needs a bump in our rankings, Dawn. All right, so we're both 0 for 1 right now. All right, let's go to... Uh, I, I, I couldn't I couldn't not go LSU there. There's no, that, no was, that I, seems I, I so easy that, with, that's just they, too with much. the deep, all the deep throws. Yeah, that's, I'm actually surprised it wasn't LSU up there. All right, question number two. Question number two. We have which Power 5 team had the fewest pressures, 119, in the regular season? A, Rutgers, B, Northwestern, C, Virginia, or D, Georgia Tech? Who was Cheeks at pass rushing this year, Dalton? I'm trying to think. <laughs> uh, wow. Um, damn. I don't know who's like terrible. Pass- I'm trying to think who was terrible this year. Well, I'm also thinking about it was – who was the team you said right after Rutgers? It is Rutgers, Northwestern, Virginia, and Georgia Tech. Oh, see, it's those two first ones where I sometimes I go the opponent. What if they, they just played teams that ran the ball a lot? Oh, yeah, good point. But I like Rutgers' defense. Yeah, I, they, think they, I think Aaron Lewis is still there, that edge defender who's really good. Um, Northwestern, Virginia. Northwestern had a good year. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Give me, give me Virginia. I'm gonna go Virginia. Uh, I'm gonna go Georgia Tech. Okay, Virginia Georgia Tech. And Dalton is right. The answer is Ooh. Georgia Tech. Ooh. One for two. I know that they they were in a lot of shootouts. They 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 and especially it felt. I remember when they played North Carolina. Even though they beat them, it still felt like Drake May was standing back there by himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, that that sounded right to me for some reason. Damn. All right. Question number three. I'm 0 for 2 right now. That's not good. Question number three. Oregon allowed the fewest pressures, 44, in pass production in the Power 5. Uh-huh. Which Power 5 team ranked second, only allowing 63 in the regular season? The uh, answers are in between West Virginia, Texas, Kansas, and Miami of Florida. I'm going to go Texas. I think it's Texas. Texas had a really good O-line this year. Texas. And they ran the ball Texas. a lot. Too. Texas, Miami, and what were the other two? West Virginia and Kansas. They ran the ball a lot, too. Great great pass protecting online, and they didn't pass the ball as much as I think the other schools did. So that's why I'm, I'm surprised. I'm surprised it's not Georgia. I was gonna say, um, I, if, if he said Georgia, I was going to go Georgia. But I don't. Now that you didn't say it, I think it's Texas. I kind of think it's Texas also. You going Texas? Yeah, I'm going. I'm going with it too. I that makes I because Miami kind of kind of comes and goes. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going Texas. They also. run the ball a lot too. As few as pressures, I mean, like pressure rate. So I think it's Texas. What what is the is it is it Texas, Eli? The answer is West Virginia. <sighs> West Virginia, dude. Wide open, that wide was... open offense, getting rid of the ball. Oh my god, I'm 0 for three. Uh oh, mm. I'm getting nervous now. We've got question four, needing Max to get on the board. <laughs> and we have which non-defensive lineman led the FBS in total pressures, 35, in the regular season? We've got Clemson linebacker Jeremiah Trotter Jr., uh, Oklahoma State linebacker Colin Oliver, 
Penn State linebacker Abdul Carter and Rutgers linebacker Muhammad Toure. I think it's Colin Oliver. He's like a, he's a converted edge defender, and they use him in that a lot still. Even though he's a, even though he's technically an off-ball linebacker, based off how much he played it this year, he he was a converted edge that they use a lot in blitz packages. And I know he's still a really good blitzer too. So I, I'm gonna go Colin Oliver final answer. Who was the third one again? Uh, Abdul Carter. That's my guy. Penn State linebacker. Yeah. Sticks number eleven. Next, Ooh, Michael Parsons. Man. Oh, he could get after it too. I, I really feel good about Colin. I know they I'm – not, I'm not going to lead you astray like, my, like Texas don't, but I, I, I do feel good about Colin Oliver because I know he's – you don't, you, don't you don't think it's your Nittany Lion? You don't think it's Carter? No, I don't, I don't think so. I think Oliver – Oliver was a great pass rusher when he was an edge, and then he, they converted him to off ball, and he, but he still rushes the passer a lot, and he's still really good at it. So I'm going to go Colin Oliver. Like the only bright I'm gonna, spot on that. I'm going to go with Car- I'm going to go with Carter for the fun of it. All right. And you should have listened to Max, Colin Oliver. Right, right on the board. Thank God. If the, I got that conver- wrong, the conversion thing, I should have went with it. I just, I, it felt like it felt. But you know what? It felt like it felt like Carter. Every time he got one, it was like wicked impactful. Like, yeah. He just. Like, you wanna, he's really. You want to hear? They don't, uh, they don't give you that number eleven for nothing. Want to hear a fun fact? When we interviewed Joe Alt, who you can find uh, in the interview, by the way. But Joe Alt, I asked him who was the best uh, pass rushers he's ever faced against before this year. And he said uh, Miles Murphy when he faced him, and Colin Oliver was the other one. He said Colin Oliver, his speed man was unreal. Uh, he's like I couldn't hmm. handle it. So yeah, pretty fun. Why, fact, so. why did they move him off of the edge then? Because they, they made I've seen him before. They made him a linebacker. Now he kind of plays that because uh, Mike Gundy wanted to stop. Mike Gundy wanted to stop playing defense this year. That's basically why he moved him to oh. off ball linebacker, okay. well, as we saw more. in the Big Twelve Championship game. <laughs> So that's the reason why. No, I don't know why. I, I think it was a dumb decision too, honestly. But still, a really good blitzer apparently. So all right, I'm one for four. You're one for four. Dawn. If either of us get this right, we win uh, trivia this week. Or if we both get it wrong, then we both lose trivia this week. So and then Dave wins. Yeah. And then Dave wins. Yeah. <laughs> Dave and Eli win. Or right. Eli wins. The host wins. The host wins. The tiebreaker. <laughs> house win. House always wins. I, I will take the win, but I, I think you guys can get this one. Uh, this quarterback led the FBS in completions, 97, and yards, 1,797, while targeting single coverage this year. The options are Bo Nix, Drake May, Dylan Gabriel, and Michael Penix Jr. It's got to be Penix, right? I think it's Penix. Yeah, because you, I mean, you don't see... one on one a lot, and they, they can't double cover with all the receivers they got, really. I just don't think Drake May had the raw numbers like that. And Penix led the nation in passing too. And Bo Nix, you just don't play man coverage against Oregon. It's 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 gutsy. Most teams don't. Washington yeah. did a good amount, but most teams don't do that. And Penix had the most passing just, yards overall too. So I'm pretty sure like that would translate. I'm gonna say th- yeah. And it's it's just I think about Washington and I think about Odunze making some catch that he shouldn't make. Or that normal people don't make. I, I'm, I'm going to go with Penix also. That that sounds right to me. Right. And you guys are both right. Oh. Michael Penix Jr. Yeah. Damn, so we both didn't yeah. win though either, Don. Damn it. That was actually... <laughs> we does, probably should have... Does, that mean, does that mean Dave and Eli win anyway? Is there a bonus yeah, question? Because we still were two for fives. It's not like we got most of them right either. We still won 40%. Shout out to IJF. We used to do a trivia segment with them, but we had a tiebreaker question at the very end. So I'll talk to Solf about that. And we normally had it where it would be something like in the Penix question. We would say, how many yards did he have while targeting Sigurd's coverage? <laughs> and then whoever would get the oh, closest, closest would win. That actually yeah. that's not a bad idea either. Yeah, we could, we could have done that. That's but 
Yeah, all right, not bad. I'm mean, two for five. I'll take it. It's not great. Don't get me wrong, but Soul also gets deep in the weeds in Ultimate either too. So uh, I'll take any question I get right with Soul, honestly. But not too bad. All right, two for five for each of us, Dalton. Uh, again, remind you guys, please review, leave reviews on our audio channels as well. We're trying to pump those numbers up a little bit. And when we get to a mailbag episode, which will be very soon, I promise you, uh, please leave your questions. And we're going to take exact those questions from the audio first before we get to our social medias or anything like that either. So leave questions there. Leave your takes there as well. We want to re- respond and react to your takes. Even if you don't have a question for either of us, you just want to take that you want us to read on the show, we'll be gladly do that as well. So we're going to do that. Um, and of course, join the Bowl Mania, man. It's free. You can win a free PFF subscription. I think we have like 15 people that's in that group right now, Dalton. So you have a pretty good chance of winning, honestly, too. Free PFF subscription. I believe it's about 120 bucks a year subscription which is honestly way cheaper than it probably should be for how much you get with the pfs subscription but you get a free one regardless if you win this bowl mania and if you beat dawn and i uh in the group so make sure you join that you, could, you only have until saturday saturday is when bowl games begin so it gets locked after that so make sure you do it before saturday pick all the games pick the national championship game and compete with us and compete with some of uh, your fellow college football fans as well which would be really really fun so we're looking forward to that as well and then on, of course on wednesday we're gonna have another great transfer portal kind of episode of kind of playing matchmaker of a lot of the guys that are still in the portal um and where they should go and where they actually are looking at as well we're gonna do that as well but for dalton waspin for producer eli back there i'm max chadwick and we'll see you guys on wednesday